Well, welcome to Tea Time Spiritual Conversations for, with, and about women. I'm your host, Twana Henderson. And as always, I want to remind you to like this broadcast and to definitely share it with someone in your life. Well, I am so excited to share today's guest with you. Our guest is Lisa Harper. Uh, Lisa is an engaging, hilarious communicator, as well as an authentic and substantive Bible teacher that many enjoy hearing in person or on countless TV and radio platforms. She holds a Master of uh, Theological Studies from Covenant Seminary and a Doctorate in Progress at Denver Seminary. She's been in vocational ministry for 30 years and has written numerous books and Bible study curricula. Now, Lisa has um, says her greatest accomplishment by far is becoming the mama to her daughter, Missy, who she adopted from Haiti. Her latest devotional, Jesus, also just hit the shelves in September. Uh, some refer to Lisa as a hilarious storyteller teller, and others refer to her as a theological scholar. But she is consistently known as a compelling communicator who deeply loves Jesus. Lisa, welcome to Tea Time. Oh, thank you so much for having me. You know, you left something out in that bio. You didn't tell anybody that I was a hot mess. <laughs> so so really, that should be the canopy over all of those gracious things you said is I'm just a hot, hot mess. Well, everything that I've read and what I'm looking at now, I don't see a hot mess. So I don't know anything about that part. So, <laughs> Oh, it's listen, it's woven through everything I do. You know, that's a thing is... um that's the gospel mm -hmm. is we can't make it by ourselves. We need Jesus. And even after all these years of walking with Jesus and having the undeserved privilege of being in vocational ministry, I am consistently amazed by his kindness Yeah, because I still make some of the same mistakes. And he is, even in his discipline, he's merciful. Oh yeah. Oh wow. I mean, he is such a good God and, mm -hmm. you know, and that's, I know that's probably why you wrote this devotional on Jesus because did. you're just, you know, you're just kind of this every woman. I told you, you're like just every woman, Bible teacher, speaker, writer, uh, motorcycle rider. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. All these That's different right. things. So you've written uh, like over 50, is it like 15 books that you've published? I, I think so. I, I don't, I, I don't keep up with all of them. <laughs> and some of them are really mediocre, Twana, but <laughs> I think this is 15. Well, I, I believe that, um, you know, with the new devotional Jesus, I want you to give us the subtitle of that. Oh, goodness. The <laughs> subtitle. You know, my publisher is so gracious that and, and usually I'm not that smart with titles. They usually, you know, somebody, some brilliant person in marketing makes it up. But this one, I just said, I really want to keep this title. So like you said, the title of the book is Jesus, mm -hmm. which is pretty clear. But the subtitle is where you see the hot mess in me. The subtitle is a scandalously devoted, conspicuously uncool, super transparent homage to who our Savior is and how much he loves us. Oh so that also illustrates the fact that I am a windbag. <laughs> Twana, concise is not my gift. <laughs> well, I love that. That is so amazing and definitely just something that will just kind of catch our attention for sure. <laughs> um, now, I know your first devotional was titled Life. Um, mm -hmm. What ways can readers expect this devotional, Jesus, to be different from your first one? 
It's, you know, life was, I, I took the entirety of scripture and we talked about all kinds of things, high seasons, low seasons, uh, our hopes, our dreams. And, and of course, everything was rooted in what God says in his word and how he calls us to live as Christ followers, even when we're just stumbling toward him. Jesus, I'll tell you that the catalyst of this book, my little girl is in the seventh grade last year when she was in the sixth grade, I picked her up from school one day. And she got in the car and Twana, her face, it was like it was backlit with joy. (laughs) And she started telling me about this little boy Mm. whom she had developed a deep crush on. Oh, my goodness. And I mean, in five or six minutes after I picked her up from school, she had told me, almost breathlessly about what he had worn to school, what his socks were, (laughs) what color socks were, what his voice sounded like in math class, you know, what he had in his lunch bag. I mean, she just was so animated Mm -hmm. telling me about every detail of this young man's life and watching my little girl's face as she talked about this boy Mm -hmm. she had a crush on. Of course, he was completely oblivious to that. (laughs) Um, I thought I remember when I used to look like that and talk like that about Jesus. Mm. I remember being so absolutely preoccupied with Jesus that he was the first thing on my mind when I got up in the morning. And and I thought, you know, I want, uh, I've been walking with him for over 50 years now. I, I just turned 60. And, um, and the glorious thing about being this old isn't just the discounts at fast food restaurants. It's that I can look <laughs> back you know, over a lifetime of walking with Jesus. And I can just tell you, oh, he just gets better. He's so faithful. Mm-hmm. He has dug me out of ever, I mean, pulled me out of every pit I've dug myself. He's such a good guy, but I thought I, I want to know more about him. Yeah. And even though I've spent eight years in grad school studying God and his word, I, I want to know what makes Jesus belly laugh. Mm. I, I want to know more facets of who he is as our redeemer and who he was as our incarnate savior. I, I just want to be undone by Jesus all over again. And so I spent a year, I'm always studying. As you said, I'm trying to wrap up a doctorate. So I've usually got my nose in a book if I'm not laughing with Missy or on a motorcycle. Um, But I thought I want to really hone in on just Jesus. Mm -hmm. And so I spent about a year in the Gospels just really marinating in the life of Christ. And, and I came away some, with some things I didn't know mm-hmm. before, mm-hmm. some things where I went, oh, wowzers. And so I was just, um, I fell more in love with Jesus um, getting to write this, this little devotional. Well, I tell you, Lisa, if I've got to spend eight years in grad school to get to know him, I'm, I'm not going to get to know him. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm a slow learner, Twin. I, I need more help than most. You know, I, the reason I went to seminary in the first place was uh, I worked for a big ministry way back when I was in my, my 20s and 30s. And so I had uh, just the absolute undeserved privilege of a platform simply because this ministry, a lot of people knew this ministry. I was just this wet behind the ears kid. And I remember one day standing on a stage with a microphone um, and a stadium with almost 20,000 women. Mm-hmm. And I can remember almost the the distinctly what I thought in that moment, I thought, oh, goodness gracious, Lord, these women are leaning forward, trusting me. And I know I'm a heretic at some point. You know, I don't mean to be, but when you filter the mind of God through our minds and mouths, it's going to be distorted at some level. Yeah. So I thought, I just want to be, I just want to be responsible. I want to, I want to understand more mm-hmm. the Bible, this love story we called the Bible. And so I thought, well, 
best place we can know God more is through revelation of Holy Spirit and Holy Writ, God's Word. So I thought I need some help. And that's what started me on this seminary journey. You don't have to go to seminary to know Jesus. I just wanted to be a little more responsible as a Bible teacher. And I, I mean, I have, I don't love all the academic papers, but I love to learn. Yeah. Well, I got a little bit under my background, but not eight years. But I want to go back to your daughter, <laughs> Missy, because I know that she's yes, very ma'am. dear to you. And um, she actually plays a key role in a lot of the anecdotal content of your book. Mm-hmm. Share with us how um, her heart is really woven into this devotional. Mm. Well, Missy is, Missy's not my hope. Jesus is my hope, Mm -hmm. but Missy is tangible joy. I became a mom through the miracle of adoption the year I turned 50. Mm -hmm. So I was, like I said, a very slow learner. I was really broken in my 20s and 30s. I was very drawn to abusive men. Mm -hmm. And so God protected me from the guys I was most attracted to. And then the few good godly guys I dated, God protected them from me because I was just, just really, really messed up uh, relationally. And God began to, of course, uh, graciously and faithfully pull those, those deep wounds of toxicity out of my heart and mind. Uh, And I'm not saying I'm fixed, but he has redeemed so much of the baggage in my life. But by the time I got to a place where I think I was really healthy, relationally, I realized, oh my goodness, it's too late for me to have biological children. And I won't go into the whole story. It's a long story, but it is pure redemption Mm -hmm. that I got to become Missy's mom after her first mama died in Haiti when Mm -hmm. Missy was just a baby. And so she's tangible grace. You know, I just see God's grace every time I look in my kid's face. And Missy has this real purity in the way she loves Jesus. Mm. And so, yeah, she's she's in a lot of the stories I tell. I'm definitely a storyteller. I think sometimes it helps us get to the story of Scripture to talk about the stories of life and how relevant the Bible is. Mm-hmm. It's not a textbook or a rule book at its core. It's a love story. And so, yeah, Missy's... Missy's on a lot of the pages of this devotional. Well, I, I you know, I think that's probably going to be, that should probably be your next book or another book, because it sounds like <laughs> there's a story there that definitely needs to be oh, told yes. and would be so helpful. Absolutely. But I know you said you've shared that you've been a Christ follower for over 50 years, which is amazing. Um, how has this devotional specifically challenged Lisa in her walk? Hmm. Jesus is, the more we look at Jesus, the more compelling he is mm-hmm. as our redeemer. And and there are times in my life as a Christ follower that I still get so preoccupied by just the circumstances, the busyness of life, that I'll find myself almost in this rote relationship where I'm reading my Bible. I'm, I'm you know, trying to do what, what God calls us to do as, as his beloved, but sometimes just life can almost cause me to forget that he's my first love. Yeah. That apart from an intimate relationship with Jesus, I've got no real peace and no real joy. Mm-hmm. Missy is not the genesis or the source of my joy. Jesus is. Mm-hmm. And so uh, really focusing on him, being intentional about focusing on Jesus. You know, he's not a proposition to be studied. He's not verses to be memorized. He's not Bible study blanks to fill out. He is a person with whom we engage. Mm -hmm. And so I felt like I was re-gospeled through the study. I just, I I found myself leaning a little more fully Mm -hmm. 
into his arms. And, and there were things about his character like, Twana, I didn't know, as much as I've studied, I didn't know that the first person in biblical narrative to actually profess the deity of Jesus, the first one to say, truly, truly, you are the son of God, mm-hmm. wasn't the disciples. They they were pretty confused. Mm-hmm. They didn't get it all. It wasn't really until after the crucifixion resurrection that that some of the reality of his his deity um, really began to settle over their hearts and minds. It was the centurion. Mm. who was a Roman soldier at the crucifixion. He's the first one who in Greek professed, you are the son of God. He didn't grow up with Torah. He actually grew up in violence Mm. and he didn't see Jesus perform miracles. He didn't see him hug lepers. All he saw was Jesus suffer. His first encounter with Jesus was Jesus hanging on the cross. And you think, goodness gracious, how profound is that? That the way our Savior died Mm -hmm. was so compelling that it caused this violent military man to say that, that man right there Mm -hmm. hanging on that rugged cross, he is the son of God. And so I thought, wow, what do I not know? about the suffering of Christ. Mm. You know, what do I not understand that the the joy set before him? And that's us, that's you and I, Mm -hmm. the joy set before him compelled him to, to not only step into the crucifixion, but to know that God was going to turn his back on him. And so there's just, I I love, I love everything about Jesus. I love that he hugged messy kids Mm -hmm. and then looked at his followers and said, Y'all need to be like this. Mm-hmm. Y'all need to take off your spiritual spanks and come before <laughs> me with all that you are. You know, I love messy, sticky kids. Uh, I love that he trusted in Peter, even after Peter fumbled the ball on the first yard line. I love his compassion. I love the fact that it came from his gut. That mm-hmm. in the Greek, it it defines his compassion as splognizomai, from the mm-hmm. gut of God. It wasn't a... It wasn't a superficial, it wasn't a rigid, it wasn't a stiff kind of a grace. It was a it was a messy gut level grace. I love everything about Jesus. And the more I lean into him, the more I study him through through what God's word says about him, these eyewitness accounts in the gospels, I, I just I'm just more grateful. I don't do too many things well, Twana, but what I feel like I do well is gratitude. Mm, mm. That's that's awesome. That is that is really major because, you know, a lot of times we miss that. Um, uh, we miss mm-hmm. that piece. And so um, yeah, that says a lot about you, Lisa. Um, mm-hmm. because we do miss that gratitude piece a lot. Um, and it's so important to get that. And and even with the whole suffering, you know, I think we're more like Jesus when we're suffering. I mean, none of us likes yeah. to do it, but I think we're you know, we've got the yeah. raining part down, but it's the suffering part that we don't want to do. Amen. <laughs> Amen. I was with uh, Kirk Thompson, who you probably know, just brilliant Christian psychiatrist, a couple of weeks ago. And he talked about the theological connection and the physiological, our, our neuropathways, the connection between suffering and hope. Mm. And he said, you know, even Christians tend to think those are opposite ends of the continuum. But in biblical narrative, in the life of Christ, suffering and hope are right there 
together and you're right. I think we want to focus on the happy, clappy emotions, Mm -hmm. but that's actually not biblically defensible. You know, half of the Psalms are Psalms of lament. Lament. (laughs) The, The question that's asked the most often in the Bible is how much longer Oh Lord, do we have to walk through this? And and I'm not trying to be morose or say life is always sad, but Jesus didn't punk us on that. Right. You know, He said, "In this world, you will have trouble." He said, "Take heart, mm-hmm. I've overcome the world." But sadness is part of our sojourn as Christians because we're aliens and strangers here. Yeah. And I also think when we're honest about that, actually, He takes the lid off our joy. You know, when I learned to trust Jesus in the dark, Mm. it actually multiplied my joy. It didn't put a lid over my joy. I actually became more joyful because I stopped being afraid of hard things. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, life can come at us really fast and can cause us to not sense Jesus as we once did. Mm -hmm. Um, What message would you give to someone who feels disconnected from the personhood mm-hmm. of Jesus or someone who has really lost their awe of Jesus? Mm-hmm. Um, I, I'd say simply pray for the grace to just take one step back toward him today. Mm-hmm. You don't have to understand the Greek and Hebrew. You don't have to say any big, fancy theological words. Just simply pray, God, if you're real, would you reveal yourself to me mm-hmm. and give me the grace to take one step toward Jesus? If you study the Gospels, you'll find that Jesus is always compassionate. Yeah, He's a good God. Yeah. Even when he was dressing down the Pharisees for being such jerks and posing as religious leaders, but not having a relationship with God and not being kind toward other people. There was still mercy in the way he he confronted them. He w- he was still kind. Mm-hmm. You know, Nicodemus was a Pharisee. He let Nicodemus come to him at night mm-hmm. um, because he knew he was afraid that he'd get stink eye if he came during the day because <laughs> yeah. people would think he wasn't being a good Pharisee. Our, our God is so kind. Yeah. We do ourselves such a disfavor when we imagine God as as unibrowed, as angry, as punitive, as looking at us with disapproval. He's looking at us with a love that is higher and wider than anything we can hope for. So if you would just, if you're struggling, if you don't feel like you're close to Jesus right now, imagine his countenance and he was God incarnate. Mm -hmm. So don't just think of him as this ethereal being. He sits at the right hand of God, the father right now, but he was in the flesh. He let us touch him. He most often used his hands to heal. So imagine the countenance of the Christ smiling at you with absolute compassion. He's not mad at you. He's not disappointed at you. And over and over and over again in the gospels, when someone felt dirty, not good enough, far away from God, what Jesus said to all of them was come. Yeah. Come closer. Yeah. Move toward me. Yeah. Yeah. That 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 is so true. Um, I know that the the devotional is a sixty day devotional, and I really like um, day thirty five, which is Jesus as a go big or go home kind of warrior. <laughs> um, which of the sixty days do you feel resonates with you the most? 
Yeah, that's such a good question, Twana. I that was like asking me what carb is my favorite. I like them all. It, it's 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 because because every single devotional is rooted in scripture. Mm-hmm. So you've always got a passage or a story from scripture we're unpacking. Um, I, I, it depends on where I am. Mm. You know, some days when I wake up and I think. Lord, I need grace just to swing my legs out of bed. Mm -hmm. You know, I I feel like I'm at the end of my rope today. Then that tends to be one of those stories from Scripture where you see the compassion of Christ, where he's saying, come to me, Mm -hmm. all you who are weary and heavy laden. And he doesn't say, I'll show you how to get your rear end in gear. (laughs) He doesn't say, I'll show you how to walk out an acrostic from Bible. He says, I'll give you rest. Mm -hmm. You'll find your rest in me. And so... On the days when I'm just almost out of gas, though, those are the passages I, I run to. On the days when I'm being a stinker and not exhibiting the fruit of the Spirit, those are the days when I need fierce Jesus. Mm-hmm. You know, I need Him to to say, "Hey, honey, you need to you need to turn back toward me. Yeah. You're 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 walking in ways that that are not the ways I've given you. So come walk back in my promises. I need kind of a a holy spanking, if you will, albeit braided with mercy. So that's the thing I love about scripture, Twana, is it's not one note. You've got everything we need for life and godliness Mm -hmm. in God's word. So I I tend to love every single passage. So I I trust that whatever I need for the day, God is going to give me. And here's the deal. If you don't like the day you're on in this devotional, you don't have to do it 60 days concurrent. Skip over some part you don't like. Get to a part you do like. This is definitely not formal, as you can tell by the subtitle. Yeah. Who do you hope will pick up this book or um, and what do you hope they'll learn from it? Uh, I, I hope the biggest takeaway is that Jesus sees you mm. and he loves you. Yeah. He is an accessible savior. He's not a far away, dispassionate God. He's an up close, personal savior. And you don't have to clean yourself up before you come to him. Come to him messy. Don't don't worry about wearing emotional spanks with Jesus. Come to him with all that you are. He will. uh, It's in the moving toward Jesus that we get holy. Yeah. It's in the moving toward Jesus that we become Christiformic. We begin to be shaped like Jesus. So I hope hope people who already love Jesus will pick it up. Mm -hmm. And I really hope they'll they'll give this little devotional to people who don't yet know Mm -hmm. the love of Jesus. Or like you said, Twana, people who are in a place where they're discouraged. Maybe they feel far from the love of God, maybe they're not going to church because they're too afraid they'll they'll get judged if they go there. Somebody's going to throw shade because they haven't been walking right. Maybe they feel like everybody knows. I hope I hope friends of God will give this book to people who don't think how in the world, you know, they're like they don't think God like that could love a girl like me. Because I think if you if you really look at the stories of Christ in Scripture, you'll find that you don't have to have it all together. Uh, to be loved by Jesus. Uh, he loves outliers and outcasts and those of us who who struggle, struggle and bumble in our walk of faith. He is a compassionate redeemer. Yeah. And we can't pull it together anyway. Even if we try it, I mean, we can't. Mm-mm. We can't pull uh-uh. it together anyway. So If I look like I have it together, I'm posing or using a really good filter. I, I, 
<laughs> I know. Well, you know, we could go on and on and on. I wish we could. How do, can listeners connect with you and how can they, mm. um, where can they find a, uh, pick up a copy of this book? Oh, thank you. Um, well, I'd, um, you can go anywhere online. It's available, you know, christianbook.com, available Amazon, kind of anywhere online. They can get this devotional Jesus. And then my socials are Lisa D. Harper. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I have a, a website that's Lisa Harper. I think it's dot org mm-hmm. or net or com. It's uh, anyway, if you just Google Lisa Harper Bible teacher, it'll it'll come up. And then we've got a podcast that is so fun, Tawana, because I have uh, one of my mentor professors from seminary. So he is awesome. He puts theological cookies on the lower shelf so everybody can enjoy them. And it's called Back Porch Theology. Oh, great. Yeah. Your website is lisaharper.org. <laughs> oh, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> so as we close, uh, and this has been so great, I know that we have listeners who are at various stages in their walk of faith. But the common mm-hmm. thread is that all of us want to know more and more about Jesus. Yes. Yes. Can you just take a moment and pray that our listeners will lean into the outstretched arms of Jesus and that we'll yes, make ma'am. him the center of our lives? Yes. Thank you. I'd love to. Father, Son, Father, God, and Holy Spirit, mm-hmm. thank you. Thank you. Thank you that you exist in perfect relationship among yourself. And you've made us in your image. You hardwired us for relationship. Jesus, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you that you've created a way for us to be in relationship with our holy heavenly Father. Thank you that you pursue us. Thank you that you promise that if we seek you, you will be found by us And God, thank you for that promise in the Old Testament where you tell us you are so compassionate that you even reveal yourself to people who aren't looking for you. Mm. So thank you, thank you, thank you that you're not only a perfect, holy, transcendent God, you choose to be an up-close, imminent, accessible God. Jesus, thank you, thank you, thank you that you give us the grace to even take one tiny step toward you. And and that's what we would ask by the authority of your name, Jesus, today, that you'd give us the grace to move toward you today. We pray that for saints like Tuana, who've been walking with you for a long time. Mm -hmm. And for somebody who's listening to this conversation, who's thinking, oh, I thought I had to have it all together Mm -hmm. to, to have a relationship with Jesus. Oh, Lord Jesus, through your Holy Spirit, I pray that you would whisper to them in a way they can hear it loud today. Honey, you don't have to have it all together. Mm. Just move toward Jesus. He's waiting for you with open arms. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. We love you. We need you. We can't make it without you. We ask these things by the power and authority of your name, King Jesus, and by the authority of the blood you already shed on the cross Mm -hmm. to justify us because you chose to love us before we even existed. Help us to rest in in that reality today. Yeah. Amen and amen. 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 Well, Lisa, thank you so much. And thank you for just oh, being the, the gift that you are to the body of Christ. Um, right back at you, Tuan. I, I look forward to meeting you face to face and get to I, have a hug. I cannot wait. And to all of our listeners, thank you for joining us today. I'm Tuana Henderson. Be blessed of the Lord.